Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, Truth Seekers. You're listening to Turn It Up, a brand new show featured on A Measure of Truth on BlogTalkRadio.com. Turn It Up is all about independent recording artists of all kinds, R&B, rap, jazz, soul, gospel, even country. But the primary reason for Turn It Up is to feature and help independent artists that take it to the next level by showcasing new music, sharing studio recording tips and tricks, to help your track stand out like the pros and industry information to help you choose the right path and keep you in the game. Every week we bring you new artists, industry insiders, and fresh new tracks that you won't be able to hear anywhere else. The truth is, if you're an independent artist trying to make it in the music biz, you need all the help you can get. So let's stop playing. Get your demos together and get ready to turn it up. If you just click the link on my webpage or you're listening on blogtalkradio.com or even the Blog Talk Radio player on my Facebook page and you want to call in live, look, we'd love to talk with you. So give us a call. Here's the number, 347-326-9470. Or if you like, you can Twitter me your questions and comments at twitter.com slash a measure of truth. Also, if you haven't yet, why don't you look me up on Facebook? I'm the Michael Fordham with a photo of me in studio, and you can always email me your questions and comments at a measure of truth at gmail.com. Dave Towler plays 
28 instruments, speaks Korean, Spanish, and English, and is immersed in all three cultures. The son of a Chilean father and Caucasian-American mother, Dave learned Korean as a 17-year-old when he began serving as a youth minister in a Washington, D.C. area Korean church. He has been immersed in Korean-American culture ever since. Tyler has a degree in music performance from the University of Maryland and works as a music teacher for the Montrose Christian School in Washington, D.C. The Dave Tyler Music Group, DTMG, is the outcome of a life committed to teaching, performing, and creating music. Inspired by great band leaders like Sting and Stevie Wonder, Dave needed a dynamic outlet to exercise his collection of talents, which led to the creation of the Dave Tyler Music Group. Unlike most bands, DTMG is an ever-changing collection of musicians who work interchangeably to address a variety of musical styles. K-pop found Dave unexpectedly in 2004 when he was recruited to be a band leader and backing vocalist for Kim Bung-soo when Kim gave his premiere concert in Washington, D.C. Dave continues his music career, which includes winning both the John Lennon Songwriting Contest and Amateur Night at the world-famous Apollo Theater. K-pop may have found Dave, but he has embraced it and is excited to contribute his talents and that of the Dave Tyler Music Group to the success of the movement. Dave Tyler, welcome to Turn It Up. Hey. Hi, Dave. I'm good. Yes. I'm good, man. Uh, we're, we're struggling through these technical difficulties, but we'll, we'll make it work. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, you yeah. sound great. Oh, Thank thanks. You. Thanks, man. And say hello to my co-host, the Leo. What's up, What's up the Leo? What's going on, Dave? It's good Let's to see you, man. Yes, you know, sir. You know, Dave, um, we didn't get a chance to meet that night, but I, we happened to see you on stage at the uh, Collaboration DC event. And, um, you know, I was telling Donna, I don't know who this guy is, but he just had this this kind of air about him. It looked like he was running things. <laughs> 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 yeah, man. And, um, you know, I, I realized after looking at your pictures and everything, you were also uh, up there with some members of your band as well. So tell us a little bit about um, how long you've been established in the, um, the music um, field here in Washington, D.C., in the area, as well as um, a little bit about that event. Sure, sure. We'll start with the event. When you say that it looked like I was running things, I've learned something. As long as you look like you know what you're doing, most people think you do. (laughs) (laughs) That's all I'm going to say about that one. But thank you very much. I appreciate the the compliment, the encouragement. So for me, I've been doing music for a long time. I mean, ever since I, I had my first gig when I was 15 years old, and I remember making $25 playing my saxophone at a church, and I said, oh, my gosh, can't believe people pay money for this stuff. So, <laughs> and and then that kind of just carried over. Um, my my first big break actually came when I was 16, and that was when the Kennedy Center for the Performing Arts asked for a group to perform every Tuesday and Thursday uh, in in the mornings for tours that they would put on. And amazingly, uh, they asked me to put together a group of some other like-minded teenagers who played jazz and that's how it started and ever since then just been finding ways to 
you know, be be active in the art and creative and continuing to find like-minded musicians who share that same vision that that I do, or, or close enough at least so we can, we can do some things together. And that's been it's been a little while since. Now tell I can't us, tell you exactly how many years though. But I mean, <laughs> how is it that you play so many instruments? It's like twenty-five plus instruments. Wow. Yeah, you, you know what? I, it's kind of like how you meet somebody who speaks a couple languages, and what you'll find is that if they, if, for example, you meet anybody from Africa, talk to anyone from Africa, ask them how many languages they know, and they'll say, oh, five or six. It happens all the time. And what I realized was it's not so much learning 25 different things, but it's actually learning one thing. It's learning how to learn. And if you figure out how to learn and you become an efficient learner, and for me, just quick for the music thing, then it's it's actually not that not that crazy, not that complex. My my big inspiration historically was Leonardo da Vinci. Uh, talk about a person who was not just a jack of all trades, but a jack of all trades and a master of them all. And I think it's only in our society nowadays where we compartmentalize and we don't really do what I call integrated learning, where, you know, when the bell rings, stop thinking about this, now we're in English class. Oh, stop thinking about English, now we're in math. Now, in, if you could find a way to just let that all blend, then it's it's uh, it's not it's not too hard. All right. I asked you a question. Do, uh, I mean, all of these instruments, and you know, I watched the video of you when you were playing the piano and singing in Korean, and I'm like, what? <laughs> this is kind of messing my head up right now because I'm seeing the face, but I'm hearing you. What sounds like very, very fluent Korean. Yeah, it's yeah. The Korean thing that started uh, in church actually, and and just uh, it was a ministry that invited me to, to teach the kids, and uh, I remember the first words. I had some really bad kids in my class, too, teaching Sunday school, and the first words I learned were, uh, sit down, don't do that, be quiet, <laughs> all, all in Korean. And you just, you know, over time you hang out enough. And when I went to college at University of Maryland, I studied formally, and, um, you know, lo and behold, over over time just picked it up more and more. Still learning, though. Still yeah, learning. tell us yeah. a little bit about your background, then, Dave, and um, how is it that um, – tell us a little bit about your parents and upbringing and how you found yourself um, teaching at a Korean church and the ministry. Yeah, well, my parents are not Korean. Uh, people think that when they see me speaking Korean. They say, hey, is your mom Korean? I'm like, no. But, um, no, my father's from Chile, actually, and my father's family – uh, interestingly, are a lot of artistic people, uh, musicians, painters, writers. My grandfather was a poet and good friend of Pablo Neruda. Wow. Really? And yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. And so, for me to go into the music world was not that big of a departure. In fact, my my biggest role model in uh, the music side was no one else other than my older brother. And he, Jamie, was uh, is a phenomenal percussionist, drummer, and so following his footsteps was was pretty obvious. But what wasn't so obvious was I just felt God calling me to go to church. And growing up in Prince George's County, Maryland, 
I, as a 16-year-old, didn't have a car and just walked to the closest church by my house, which uh, turned out to be Kettering Baptist Church. And it was there that I learned and was exposed to gospel music and, and the whole gospel culture, which was which is another, uh, you know, just amazing experience. And then they opened the door, and this was really cool because to see an African-American church opening the doors to a Korean community, uh, especially back then, was, was pretty pretty rare because when you historically, stereotypically see how those two cultures get along, it's usually just, just in business, you know, just at the, you know, the cleaners or, you know, something, you know, it's, it's not, you know, authentic. And they opened the doors, you know, just really, really, really well. And from there, the pastor of the Korean church invited me to come on board, and I just said yes. And so that was the new one. That was the surprise my parents and to my family, but they've they've embraced it and uh, they've learned how to eat kimchi to a degree. So, <laughs> I don't know if you've had that, but we're gonna have to get you some. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, um, since we're a little behind the schedule, I- I'm hoping you can hang out even past eight o'clock because we're gonna go ahead and fill in the gap and um, go I'm ahead good. and take care of this. Okay, great, great. Yes, sir. Yeah, and um, I, I'm still trying to understand how it is you were able to find the time to pick up and learn so many instruments. I mean, what kind for of count? You know what? For me, it's an obsession. I, I would, I would just, just ferociously, if I had a challenge in my head, I, I would just have to do this. For example, uh, when I learned how to play harmonica, which, which I love, um, in college, I, I got a book at the music store called how to play country and blues harmonica for the musically hopeless. <laughs> and, and it came with a, a harmonica and a book and a cassette tape. And on the cover had a picture of a cow. <laughs> okay, I want to learn this. And I just went crazy. And, and the sad thing was, I don't think I went to any classes for, for three days. All I did was lock myself in the room and I, I just, just finished the whole book every possible exercise everything uh in in those three days and then uh a month later i did my first gig on harmonica uh but i just i just could not not know how to wow. do it, it was, you mean a month for, later wow okay i didn't say i played well i did it so yeah yeah believe it or not the harmonica is the only instrument i still play Fantastic. Ooh. Yeah. I mean, when I was in Europe, I mean, I've actually sat outside of the subway, <laughs> put a hat right. out and played for money. I've done that, right? So, right. Um, yeah, right. but um, we, we're going to go ahead and jump into one of my um, my, my favorites. Is um, Tell us a little bit about this track, Taken Away. All Taken Away. Oh, what happened with uh, All Taken Away here is um, this one was a pretty painful situation for me because that really working as a musician your your hope is that you can find a way to make a living doing music and my generation just happened to be caught in the perfect storm of a chaotic music industry that was no longer able or willing to take risks and we had a big shot at a battle of the bands that was very high profile and so i put my new band together and this was about 2000 let's say 2005 and 
we went out and played, and as we played, we thought we had a shot at winning this thing, and we were the first band, and then all of a sudden, all of these other bands that brought all of these gigantic audiences and a lot of hype and a lot of energy that we just didn't have because we were too new. I uh, just came and and it just seemed like oh yeah we're we're absolutely not not going to win this and not only that but my own mother voted for one of the other bands to win which was pretty <laughs> wow pretty rough pretty rough it just oh, was, my. yeah and people were coming up to me just saying oh my gosh you know you're not going to win how do you feel and I put so much work and energy and I thought this was going to be our shot. And it caused me to think for a second, gee, why am I doing this? Why am I just busting my tail and spending all this money and investing this emotional energy? And I realized, you know, there are times when we have to figure out what it is that's important. And music, it has a degree of importance, but it's not the most important. And it got me to think about why I even do music and who I do it for. And if you listen closely, I mean, it's a rock song. It definitely crosses over, but, but I think you'll hear a spiritual message inside the lyrics there that might give it away. So I thought to myself, <laughs> man, it's, it's all taken away, right. and all I need is you. And there it yeah, is. Yeah, there it is. All right. Dave Tyler with Taken Away on blogtalkradio.com's Turn It Up.
Wow. <laughs> yeah, that'll get it going. <laughs> Thanks for listening, Mike. Yeah, man. And um, I like you know, that. yeah, and it's, it and the funny thing is, is, this is totally different from everything else that's on your album. I mean, you've got some things that sound a little bit more R and B. Um, some of them that are just more sweet. There's one track on there that you know I just knew when I heard it. I said, Yeah, this guy, he likes Sting. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I was checking the structure and everything. I was like, yeah, yeah. And um, so you're a, you're an independent recording artist in the DMV, and, and just tell us um, what you're doing to you know sustain yourself and market yourself as a musician because it's a an expensive endeavor, as you mentioned. Yeah, well, there there are a number of things. I mean, obviously, the day to day. Right now, we're just in an era of the music industry where record sales are at an all-time low and, and labels aren't willing to take those kind of risks. So for me, I found the next best thing, which is uh, to teach music. And teaching music at Montrose Christian School has been a real blessing because I uh, found a new creative outlet. I also write musicals for kids as well. Oh, and, wow. Uh, so that's how I'm uh, able to kind of afford to be a musician, at, at least a, an independent musician, and as far as getting the name out and getting the, the brand out, uh, I, I thank God that the new thing is is YouTube and and just this whole social media. And we're actually being a part of it right here with this internet radio and blog that we're doing. And that's what we're hustling. We're pushing that. And that has opened some real doors this past year. Oh, yeah, that's great. And, um, yeah, I have some stuff to share with you as well. I mean, maybe Christian has shared a little bit with you as well. But, yeah, we'll have to have a talk more about that and some of the things that I think that um, we can do to share our resources and talents as well. But, um, yeah. yeah Sounds good. Sounds good, Michael. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But um, so you guys are – you've got a new project coming out, right? Well, yeah, Dave Toller Music Group, DTMG, is the new band. Uh, we, we launched our first video on YouTube in January, and we are going to continue to create more and more content for the web and, and just give it away, uh, hoping that nice. our audience will find us. And we're discovering they are. This is wonderful. This is a new, new great feeling <laughs> to be going through uh, in this new era of everything being online oriented and um the big thing that we learned i learned a big lesson uh and this was actually after winning the the uh john lennon songwriting contest which we, we can talk about that later um but um no we can talk that, about that now i was just about to get to that i mean you're like reading oh, okay. my mind but go right ahead <laughs> yeah but i still i still i can't it's like so hard to talk about it. i mean it's it's it was a real blessing and and i think just lightning just struck because Music is so subjective. I mean, we do these contests to try to get a little bit of a, uh, an audience to hear our music because, you know, mm-hmm. it's like those Zen questions. You know, if a band falls in the woods and there's no one there to hear it, does it still make a sound? <laughs> well, yeah. Here's the other one. What is the sound of one fan clapping? And we've all been there. And so I we entered this contest um, and and... Now, tell us a little bit about the contest as well. Is it a yearly contest? Um, how how is yeah, it presented? Yeah, it's actually it's a, it's a it's it's a it's a yearly contest. They break it up into two sessions that are once every six months, and then they they pick the overall winner for that genre for the year. And it's 
probably, as far as just your open-ended songwriting contest, probably the biggest. It's not in the top two or three in the world. Um, they don't officially report how many entries they get, but most people think it's around 10,000 worldwide uh, aspiring songwriters, and they'll pick, uh, I can't remember the exact number, I think it's 12 winners for 12 different genres of music from R&B, rock, country, jazz, folk, children's, and uh, gospel. And um, and what so, was your category, Dave, that you won in? R&B. Wow. <laughs> from the first song you listened to. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's it. I'm the, I'm the Wait a second, no, that wasn't R&B. So yeah, yeah, no, that was that was a real blessing, and uh-huh. um, and uh, just to tie it in back with what we were talking about with what we're doing now, though, is, is that what I what we were spent my what I spent my life doing was creating content. Mm-hmm. And I thought if we just build this great content, then then we'll, our audience will find us. But content is king, but I've discovered that platform is queen. And you mm-hmm. have to find a way to build the audience first and okay. then bring the content. And that's mm-hmm. the trick that we just mm-hmm. are now uh, figuring out. And that's why we have our YouTube channel. That's why we have our new website. That's why we have our Twitter and Facebook and all of that other stuff. And... Um, and like I said, some doors are opening. But but going back to the John Lennon songwriting contest, I remember um, I was driving my car when our manager in New York called and said, "Hey, uh, we got some good news." And then right when I hear I heard the word "good news," I said, "Oh, really? What's going?" And then all of a sudden, my my I hit a dead zone and I, I no longer have service for <laughs> oh, you're kidding. twenty twenty five. And the whole place was just one fat dead zone. I was like, "Oh my oh, god." My. But uh, it almost drove off the road too. But but it was a real blessing to to win that contest. It definitely opened doors. It definitely um, uh, was uh, uh, you know gave us a lot of credibility and attention. That was was wonderful and uh, still is. To you know we're talking about it now. And uh, thank you, thank you for bringing that up. Actually, I brought it up, and that's why I feel so horrible. <laughs> I, I, I don't want to toot my own horn. Uh, and, yeah, that's what. Yeah. So, <laughs> thank you for letting me bring it up. <laughs> yeah, you saved oh, me, Leo. <laughs> and that's good, though, man. That's big things. Right? When, when did you, uh, you know, when did you realize that you had a niche for writing and 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 doing the whole R&B or, or even the whole music thing, when did you find out that writing was your talent? You know, you know what's funny? This was this has just been a long evolution. Uh, from the very beginning, the instrumental thing became pretty clear. Yeah, I could play the saxophone, I could play the flute, and I could play the harmonic, and then just go on and on, then piano, and then other stuff. And then uh, what happened, though, was um, I, I felt this huge need. There were a lot of things that led up to this moment where I had to leave the jazz world and embrace my own generation, and embrace uh, a popular culture, and go into being a singer-songwriter. And when I did my very first gig, it actually was at the Velvet Lounge in D.C., and I used my mailing list from my jazz days, and we were able to sell the room out. And I got up, and I sang songs that I wrote, and I didn't play saxophone for a single one of them, and my whole audience that was used to listening to jazz and the this, this saxophone player all said, what the heck was that? <laughs> and one of my friends came up to me right afterwards, and he says, Dave, what are you doing 
singing? Why are you writing lyrics? What? He says, you're you're in a, a motorcycle race, and you're riding a bicycle when you own a motorcycle. He said, let me help you understand. Your saxophone is that motorcycle. Your voice and your songwriting is that bicycle. Get on the motorcycle. I'm like, oh. Wow, wow. And that was fighting words for me, though. And and we lost our whole audience. I mean, in one show. And, wow. Uh, but I just I just felt that I wasn't finished, and that once we just you know stick with this vision long enough, people will notice. And then uh, about two years later, it took about that long. Uh, so now 2007, um, uh, we got to play on television on Comcast. Wow. And a lot of people were like, oh, 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 that's big time. And then mm-hmm. right when, uh, a year later, the John Lennon songwriting contest uh, happened. And at that point, all the critics uh, were won over, actually, pretty much. Mm. And uh, it was at that point um, that at least the audience got it. Um, for me, it was something that I felt deep down inside just just to stick with it. And uh, you know, and then you know, hearing it from other people eventually helps and, and gives you the, the encouragement to keep going. So, so that's, yeah, that's I think that's started. a good yeah. segue, Dave, into hear it in your dreams. Oh, hear it in your dreams. Okay. okay. <laughs> yeah. All right, here we are, Dave Tyler, with hear it in your dreams on Turn It Up. Hello.
song i mean my my only note next to that is sweet you know wow wow yeah, yeah. yeah i love the wow. versatility because that's that doesn't sound like that even came off the same album <laughs> as other song at all same same, same same dude same dude. <laughs> yeah. yeah you know I, and i really enjoyed that um tell us a little bit of the background about this song who are you singing to and what's this about you know, this song got picked up by an off-Broadway musical called Faces that had, as one of the stars, Jeannie Jones. I don't know if you know mm, the kid yeah. in the city, Jeannie. Yeah, she's, she's mm-hmm. a longtime supporter of, of my career. Wow. And this musical was actually about breast cancer, and they needed a song that kind of communicated hope but tragedy at the same time and mm-hmm. uh and this is what we were able to pull off the shelf and uh try to explain it now for me personally where that was pulling from is it's just a relationship that's really tough where the communication kind of breaks down and I'm not married so if you want to give me some advice Michael <laughs> and the Leo let me know but I can only imagine through observation the difficulties that can sometimes happen in communication, breakdowns in communication. And I just thought to myself, well, what would happen if in my relationship with my future wife, we, we just can't talk to each other anymore? Uh, I thought perhaps maybe the one time I could talk and she won't shout back at me is maybe when she's sleeping. And so perhaps that'd be the one time I could just tell her I love her and uh, and, and just get some practice in. So that when we're both awake, uh, it won't be so hard. Oh my goodness, dude! I mean, you just really just now went into the tone of the song. I mean, you just kept right on going. You're writing new lyrics now. There <laughs> you go. Yeah, I'm glad I'm glad this is being recorded. I'll come back. And the next interview is the song. Well, I'm gonna turn it up. <laughs> Oh, that's pretty awesome. But, you know, I, I saved my favorite song for last. Um, and and this one is um, Lonely. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, this, this one just really just blew me away. Um, so is, is this more about a state of mind for you? Or w- w- tell us a little bit about this track. Okay, this track here is was an experiment, actually. Um, we launched our YouTube channel back in January. And inspired by a lot of success a lot of other independent artists have had, but we all of a sudden realized that we entered the YouTube world about three years too late. Because now pretty much anybody with an iPhone can launch a YouTube channel in HD and 
we were entering into a market that was really saturated, and so we are just scratching our heads saying, hey, you know, we put out this great content that oh, we feel is something we'd like to listen to, and it doesn't seem like a lot of people are noticing. What can we do to make that different? And I thought to myself, well, let's just try something that people aren't used to hearing or seeing, and that is this... Uh, American guy singing in Korean, which uh, was a little bit of an experiment, a little, little bit of a risk, too. At which point, once again, mixed bag, my, some friends who thought to me said to me, hey, that, that's a little weird, it's a little crazy, I don't know if people are going to get that, you might lose some people that way. Uh, but for me and the guys in the band were like, hey, you know, we got nothing to lose at this point, let's go for it. And so Lonely, actually the song I didn't write, this was a song that we reinvented by a Korean group called 21. And what we did, though, is we completely revamped it into uh, as if we were an American band doing an American song. And, well, for us, that meant Neo Soul. I'm a huge Neo Soul lover. Uh, Erica Badu, Music Soul Child, uh, Raphael Sadiq. I go on and on and on. Uh-huh. And, uh, yeah. And, um, and, of course, your classic soul, too. But... Um, we put that feel, which is, you know, a distinctly American sound, onto a Korean track. And uh, we invented it, put it out on YouTube, and to our amazement, it got hundreds of thousands of views. And what ended up happening was we got love and attention from all the way around the world, all over Asia, all over, you know, just places we didn't even, countries we didn't even know the names of. And not only were they giving love and attention to that, but they, that love and attention started trickling down into our American content. And what was real highlight was that uh, television network in Korea, SBS, had uh, contacted me off the YouTube channel. And just in July, they flew me out to Korea to film on they're the number one, number two rated TV show for Saturday nights in Korea, TV show called Star King, which wow. just <laughs> just broadcasted, actually. Uh, we filmed in July, and it broadcasted uh, a week ago Saturday. And mm-hmm. uh, it's mm-hmm. been a little bit of a mind trip, actually. So that was that was a lot of fun there, and I got to uh, actually sing and uh, perform and do ridiculous over-the-top comedy with <laughs> some uh, crazy... Uh, in, in your 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 your, uh, your 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 Korean context context, it was it was uh, so um, that was uh, that's the story behind it. And so this song that you're about to hear, "Lonely," was what what started it all. Wow! Yeah, I can pick them, can I? <laughs> yeah, can't you? Wow! You know what though? Um, we're gonna talk too a little bit about um, K-pop right after this as well. All right, so here it is. Dave Towler with Lonely on Turn It Up. I'm not too 
Chromatica Monica. <laughs> there you go. You, that, that's that's a really that 
hard act to follow Stevie Wonder. Oh my God, oh, yeah. another hero, another huge hero. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is really really awesome. Um, you know, very bouncy, bubbly. I like happy music. You know. I think that's one of the reasons why I, I like, um, and I was talking about this with um, G- DJ S's when we had Sally on, you know, um, mm-hmm. Asian pop, um, Korean pop, um, Japanese J-pop. pop. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's all, it's it's, um, it's it's the way it was before, you know, it's very pure, it's still um, bubbly without being gaudy, it's um, not over the top, it's just enough to make you happy. You know, so um, I really enjoy it. And, you know, I, I've had an opportunity to check out some YouTube videos. And, you know, next thing you know, I am hosting shows with uh, Asian pop, and I can't even believe it. But, you know, it's just awesome the way things sort of come together. So tell us yeah, a little absolutely. bit about the movement, you know, and, um, you know, how it's had this big resurgence, even oh, though it's, it's been going on for a while now. Well, no, I mean, K-pop, J-pop, They've been around for a while, but they've been around at what I call in America a niche market. Now, over in Asia, it's not a niche market whatsoever. It's mm-hmm. massive. It's gigantic. Right. But mm-hmm. but it took a little while for people to recognize and see. And it's still, it's still growing in its popularity here in America. But once again, the big thing that changed is the landscape is the Internet. Before, when I first listened to K-pop back in 2000, uh, even before then, actually, uh, it was tough. You'd have to go find some VHS tapes of somebody who got them from who knows where and stick them in and good luck and bootlegs and this and that. And it was not accessible, but all of a sudden when you have YouTube and other medium, you can find it. And lo and behold, people were doing that. And more and more people were coming to recognize, hey, there's 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 a big world of music out there outside of the United States, and other people have a voice, too, that's worth listening to. Uh, now, I'm not saying that people should abandon American music, no, but I'm just saying there's more out there as well that we can embrace as well. And uh, what really blew everyone's mind, everyone's mind this year was the artist Psy. Who yes, was an anomaly. I actually saw Psy live back in 2002, and it was it was funny guy, cool cool guy, a real musician. Uh, went to Berkeley, used to front a rock band as well. And what was interesting was that Psy, unlike other K-pop artists, didn't actually intend to infiltrate an international audience with the song Gangnam Style, which overtook. Everything. Oh my gosh. Um, well, however, there are many other K-pop artists that have been trying to break it into the United States for a long time. I could, I could name them, you know, Girls' Generation, uh, Rain, uh, Wonder Girls, 21 even. And they put a lot of money into the United States market. They would even get television time and do American concerts, but it never really stuck. And uh, there are a lot of debate as to why that's the case. But amazingly, uh, an artist who simply was being himself, simply writing a song that reflected his situation, which actually wasn't, you know, much at all about America, not at all, actually, and 
put it out there on YouTube just for fun, uh, ends up getting just the most incredible amount of coverage. It's phenomenal, actually. Uh, Sai's song, Kangnam Style, just now broke the record uh, for the most likes on YouTube. It beat LMFAO's Party Rock Anthem. Yeah, and when I last checked maybe like two days ago, it's now at around 350 million views Mm. on YouTube. And is that the sign that K-pop is now here to stay? I I don't know yet. Uh, I I certainly am grateful that now... uh, I can say this, I've been waiting for an extremely long time for there to be an Asian artist that has become a household name in America. Uh, that really hasn't happened until now, and it's it's a real privilege to be around to see it happen and to be connected to the movement uh, ahead of time, you know, as opposed to playing catch-up, which is usually, usually the case most of the time. So... So uh, I can say that uh, I'm really, really excited for for where K-pop is going, and for just just the overall globalization uh, and, and open-mindedness that we're seeing as a result too. So. Yeah, yeah, and and that's great. And I'm just so happy um, as well that at the same time that I happen to start um, focusing on Asian pop. At the yep. same time, is um, he's become a phenomenon as well, and all of these things were already in place, except for your interview, which was, um, of course, you know, um, brought to me by Christian O, who um, is someone I just met recently, and I've just been amazed at uh, all the things he is doing and is able to do, and his many talents as well. And um, you know, when he said that he had this guy that he thought that I'd be interested in having on the show. And then he told me it was the same guy, of course, that I had saw on stage as well as one of the judges for Collaboration DC. You know, I was like, I can't wait. I, I know it'll be awesome. Yeah. So um, I really want to thank you. And um, I want, um, Dave, for you to give everybody um, all of your contact information for your website and the different ways they can connect with you as well. Sure, sure. The easy way is our main website, which is www.dtmg.us. Once again, www.dtmg, that stands for Dave Towler Music Group, .us. You connect on there, and you can connect everywhere. All right. Awesome. And um, we're actually offline. I'll go ahead and delete this part right now, but we're mm-hmm. still recording so, um, okay. you know, um, we we did have um, – I'll just go ahead and put in the breaker right now, and we'll come right back after this. Ah, thank you, Michael. Thank you very much. It's your boy once again. Tell him your name. Ted Angel. That's right. And my sidekick. I'll say how to name it. That's right. That's right. Now, you got two things yeah. to make it one of Let's do it. Here go. People say that they sleep like a baby. But babies wake up every two hours. Baby crane. They don't sleep. Nope. You ever wonder why? Buffalo wings taste just like chicken. But the buffalo don't fly. That's not it. That's crazy. I don't know. People say that we're supposed to be here to help other people. 
But what the heck are other people here for? So gotta change? Give me your money. People pay money, good money, to go up in tall buildings, get up there at the top, put money in the binocular to see the stuff on the ground. That's stupid. It's a light in the refrigerator, but it ain't no light in the freezer. Like you supposed to just be surprised every time you go up there. Wow, I didn't know I had this. People point to their wrist when they ask you for the time. Hey, what time is it, man? But they don't point to their butt when they want to ask you where the bathroom is. Excuse me, brother. You know where the bathroom is. Funny, hey, man. Where you going? The alphabet song and twinkle, twinkle, little star sound like the same song. You got the same producer or something? What's that all about? Some people say that things are getting out of whack. What is whack? And why is it that you can't find whack anywhere? Sometimes my wife, she whacks me in the face. When you blow in the dog face, he get mad at you and squinch his face up. But as soon as you get in the car, he put his face straight out the window. What the hell? In the biblical days, when Noah made the ark, why he didn't just kill them two mosquitoes? Now we got to spend an eternity trying to get rid of them. Last but not least, you got to drive on the parkway, but park in a driveway. That's very confusing. I don't mean no nails. I don't get it. Anyways, I'm tired of Al Jones. And that's beside kick. I'll say, not an ending. That's right. Okay, and Michael, Leo, thank you. And well, we're gonna see you next time. We'll see you next week. That guy's stupid. That was off the chain. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Oh man. That was I'm crazy. impressed. I'm impressed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll have another one for next week. And, um, you know, uh, we're, we're really at the end of the show now. And, um, Dave, um, we hope to hear from you again. And I do want to talk with you soon. I, again, we, we got to sit down and um, get a chance to um, really talk some things over and look at ways that we can, um, you know, continue to work together. And, um you know, um, did that recently with Christian as well. So I um, hope to have a, a, a very um, similar conversation with you. Absolutely. Yeah. And I just want to thank you. I, I know that, you know, Friday's a very busy day for a musician. So, you know, I really appreciate you taking time out. My and, pleasure, Michael. Yeah. And um, we'll have you again. And next time you can bring some band members with you. <laughs> that sounds like fun. All right, hey, awesome. bring, the, bring the harmonica too. We we might have to get an exclusive. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. There you go. I'll bring it. I'll bring yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. We may have to come and do something in person as well. Yeah, that would be awesome. That would be All nice. All right. All right. Well, we're we're gonna just get ready to close out the show, and um, I want to say special thanks again to our producer Donna Hardiman and Christian O for you know hooking us up and. Um, I'm Michael Fordham, and you've been listening to Turn It Up on blogtalkradio.com. But before you go, here's a little something to take with you. Ask God for wisdom daily, but know that your lesson can come from anybody or any situation, good or bad, friend or foe. Watch your thoughts. 
they become words. And watch your words. They become actions. And watch your actions. They become habits. And watch your habits. They become your character. And watch your character. It becomes your destiny. Until we meet again, take care of what becomes of you.